2: Welcome to the RTGA podcast, uh, Rory O'Neill is my name, I'm sitting in for Mikey today and we send our best wishes to Mikey, he's and compassionate leave at the minute, uh, delighted to be joined by Colum Keyes from Derish Independent and Derek McGrath, former Waterford manager and obviously Sunday game analyst, how are we doing guys? Good Rory. Hi, Rory.
3: Derek, how are you? Okay. Uh, we're
2: we're a little bit of, we're a little bit uh, late in terms of getting around to it, but obviously I think a lot of people maybe had to, t- to detox after what they witnessed on Sunday. And I think look obviously we'll start there. I mean as Munster finals go, Derek, where would you rank it?
0: Yeah, um, look I, I I think it's the best ever. Like obviously in Waterford we, we always kind of derail back to 4 personal connection obviously with, with John brother-in-law sent off that day famous moments in Cullum actually referred to him in his article this morning I think, you know Ken McGrath's catch all those things uh, but in terms of just where the game has gone and and the com- perfect combination of intensity passion skill weather <laughs> coliseum like atmosphere I just don't think there's, there's look there's, 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 there's not many games to rival it anyway I tell you that there's not many games to rival last, last um, Sunday it was just Look, you don't want to be accused of exaggeration, but it was just epic. Like, it was epic, an epic game. Yeah. And, and you know, Shamie Flanagan, for all his eight points, I think Joanne summed it up perfectly. He he actually knew, it'll show you the type of reflection these guys have these days. Even within his interview, five minutes after the game, he said he actually said it was a game for the ages when he was getting his yes. man out I, I actually noticed no. that as
2: well. It's a very good point because I was saying to myself, sure, how would he know he was in the middle of it all? But like to have that kind of self-awareness and to understand
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: the just the sheer magnitude of what we just witnessed I mean it was just incredible
0: yeah and I think that's that's a reflection of that the modern player like I think they're and I'm not accusing any older players of not being as, as, as self-aware but I think they're just they're locked in a, in, a, in a space where they're actually far more reflective even within game you know and I think you know, it's 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 actually hard. I you know, Michael Lyden and Marty were even exhausted on comedy. You know, you could hear Michael Lygan saying, I'm gonna go for a right. drink after But you know. And right. uh, you know, I, I think that was kind of a reflection of how we all felt. Just take a breath, like, even the boys were kind of not quieter than normal in studio, but they were just they didn't even need words to describe it, you know.
2: Oh, you had to rinse them out, I'd say, as soon as they came out of the studio box. It was incredible stuff. You were there, Cullen, as well, were you?
3: Yeah, was Rory long long into the evening? It was one of those games. You know, we sometimes dread the onset of extra time, especially a four o'clock throw-in. You're thinking, right? We're really up against it here now, with deadlines and everything else. And to get down to the uh, around the dressing rooms and just to collate everything and to gather thoughts and everything before, because these games have a you know, with injury, extra time, every or with added added time, injury time, they can run on towards six o'clock, and obviously that's. Yeah, you know, that's that's pressing on into the evening. But it was one of those was one of those games where you were just delighted there was extra time, really, just to see where was it going to go. And it didn't really change a whole lot. Limerick got away and they led by four points at one stage, and they really did enforce themselves uh, in that extra time period. But yet Clare kept giving so much of themselves in extra time when you thought maybe it's getting away from them and it's going to get. A little bit out of hand for them, maybe I thought at one stage, but they kept just kept pressing and kept competing. And it's a great testament to them. But yeah, it was one of those it was one of those uh evenings, Rory, when you were just glad to sit in a, a wet and a damp Thurless and just savor. It was a it was a, a privilege to be there and to 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 witness it. And there have been some great monster finals, there haven't been many. there'll be memorable occasions that maybe haven't measured up in terms of the game as well and while there was a lot of wides here I think Limerick had 19 Clare had 15 and there was there was plenty of mistakes too it was uh, it was still a compelling match they were level they were level uh, 15 times they'd been level 13 times in the game in Ennis so that just shows you the level of competitiveness that was there and just the endeavour so all around just a great occasion and as Derek said 2004 was probably the last standout monster final in terms of storyline and the quality of the game and everything that went with it and the drama and Ken, that Ken McGrath catch. And obviously in 1991 and Tip and Cork were All-Ireland champions at the time and there's no backdoor back then. So it lives very, very comfortably and maybe even better than, than those iconic matches.
2: The atmosphere inside the stadium, the 50, nearly, nearly 50,000 people in Thurles. It uh, just bounced off the screen. The two teams then decided to get into it. I mean, there was, you know, there was physical exchanges going on literally from the parade right into it. There was a little talk afterwards. I mean, John Keenan got a lot of credit for obviously swallowing the whistle to a large extent. But there does seem to be, you know, a euphemism now in terms of letting the game flow and is that really just ignoring the rules or like is this what we want to see
0: yeah well look look um it's very hard to answer that question because uh, um not very hard but when we say that's what we want to see we're accused not being a hurl not, not applying the rules then but <laughs> the simple answer is that's what we want to see but i thought there was a lot of common sense application of The advantage where he was kind of seeing the next situation develop, so therefore he left it flow as well. You know, I think it's the credit is well deserved. You know, so I don't think it was kind of um, you know, it just lent. It's you know, and and if Joanne was here or yourself even Rory, you might say, look, that's not an application of the rules when you kind of say let it flow. But I, I think there's sometimes where you have to you have something planned in your head or premeditated. You plan for something and then you you get a sense of the occasion and you lend yourself to the occasion and. I think he lent himself to the occasion in terms of the two teams with majority of absolute honest endeavour for the 75 or whatever minutes, sorry, 100 minutes. And I think he, he contributed greatly to that. And that would be my strong argument on that. Did, did he get things wrong? No different than anyone got things wrong at times. But but I, I'd have to say the plaudits are well-deserved, in my opinion.
3: And I think, column, go ahead. It probably, it probably does create difficulties for other referees when, uh, when when he goes out and he handles a game like that. And you could see it from the very, very first moments. I mean, Shane Donald should have had a free after a minute or two. He's pulled back there. Garode Hegarty, there's a challenge there from John Conan. I think a lot of referees would probably give that challenge uh, uh, very early on. And Garode Hegarty, Garode has the arms up. He's, you know, he's pretty sure it's a free, and we're all pretty sure it's a free. But no, the terms of engagement are set right there and then. Uh, by John Keenan, and and that's it. Going to create difficulties now for other referees. I think that's pretty much a knowledge. But having said that, when you're there and you're looking at it and you're enjoying it, and you you just sometimes you're just you're taken in by it. And I suppose there's a little bit of hypocrisy on our behalf to be acclaiming the performance and then and then mm-hmm. saying, well, what about the rules in another yeah. instance? We we'll watch yeah. a bad game someday for sure. We'll be on here. We'll be whatever at a forum, and we'll say. Well, you know, the rules weren't applied here and the rules, when, when something gets a little bit more out of hand, that just goes beyond what played out last Sunday. And we are guilty of hypocrisy by not referring to the rules and, and, and saying, well, why weren't they always applied all the time? It was just one of those occasions when it, when it got away and we were all carried along by it at the, at the time. And it felt right. You look at it again, you look at some of the challenges, challenges and you say, yeah, for sure. For sure, things could have been tightened up a lot. Maybe he was playing the advantage, as Derek said, but I didn't see too many hands up. And obviously, he's supposed to have the hand up. And I was looking for that and said, surely a free there, especially the O'Donnell one, no free play on. And we we saw quite a bit about that. And I'm pretty sure the CCCC will also be pouring through that video and it, it, as, as the week goes on and looking for yeah, other incidents
2: they, that they, might happen. they they'll, have, they'll have a busy week eh, column because there, there was quite a lot going on in that game on both sides but um they, just looking at the limerick performance specifically I mean you, you look at the, their take they, everybody said look let's get them down the home stretch and let's see you know what their metal is made of and of course they still come out truck come out on top let's get them into a physical contest like no matter what way you roll the dice with them they always seem to come up with the correct answers and the correct numbers and like to go on this run now four monster championships in a row they're unbeaten as we know since the 2019 semi-final against kilkenny like derek where do they stand now in the pantheon, we'll say, of Munster Hurling teams and Munster Hurling greats. And our teams getting closer are, or are Claire an outlier in that they're the one team now that are maybe primed to take them down.
0: There's a a few things in that, I suppose. First of all, they're they're right up there with, with, you know, in terms of the modern teams, they're right up there with some of the best teams that have ever played in the Munster Championship, obviously, that will be, again, my opinion. The standout point for me is even if you listen, you're looking for a little anecdotal evidence of what goes on in their camp. Even John Kiley referencing the 218 semi-final extra time against Cork post-game. You know, I think they have I think psychologically, I think you can't underestimate the role of their, their psychological and mental preparation, and resolve that's been built up, obviously based on success. But I'd imagine Caroline Current's role is, is huge. It just just seem to be kind of find a way to figure out things. By, by just sticking to the processes, albeit that sounds boring to us on the outside, if you like watching it. So I think mentally, definitely they're, a, they're on a different level, I think. But, but Derek,
2: but Derek, but Derek yeah. but how, how, how much process can you stick to in a game like that? I mean, surely instinct has to kick in as well. I mean, obviously, they're, yeah. they're incredible skills. You know, like, at what point but, but does the, the at what point does the process go out the window? Really? Yeah, but I think
0: I think that's the very thing. That's the very thing. I was, I think they're the perfect kind of cocktail of process and emotion. You know, I I think they're you know they're 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 almost like a you know when I, I was going to use rugby as as a kind of a, a parallel, but they're they just have the right combination of emotion and and process. Like, so it's it's. Hard to answer that like because you'd love to be involved in our camp to see how it works like you know you talked last year at a monster final semi-final a monster final last year 10 points down at half time. what do they correct oh, they get their intensity levels up they talk about corrective analysis at halftime when, when their intensity levels are at their highest pitch I don't think there's any team that can be not, that, there's teams that can compete with them but I don't think there's teams that can that can beat them and I think clear we're at the same intensity levels at the weekend. I think if you go to the 67th minute of the Waterford-Limerick match, down in Limerick, there was, it was a draw, right? It was, no, sorry, it, it was a draw. Yeah. Shane McNulty had a shot at the post to put Waterford a point ahead. And Pat Ryan and Dermot Barnes get points to see Limerick out the gap. So they've, they've great reference points in terms of struggles that they've been through before. And there's almost an innate belief system there based on what they've been through since the 19 um, semi-final loss. So I just think their mental resolve is huge. And I think what's underestimated as well is Maybe it's not anymore, but Hegarty, uh, Morrissey, Gillan, yeah, they're big men and they're physical, but the skill level is off the the scale, like what what Limerick have. The skill that they have and their ability to offload under pressure with one-handed or, you know, to the side or in a ruck and come out of it and make sense as they see it in front of them, it's it's just off the charts, you know.
3: I suppose the other point there about is, is champions. You look back at Dublin. Dublin and uh, Dublin footballers and the Kilkenny hurlers of the uh, 2000s—they rarely, if ever—and I'm trying to think here on the run. I don't ever recall them losing a replay or extra time, you know, during their run as champions. And champions build up a catalog, a great catalog of victories. As Derek referenced, they're ten points down in last year's Munster final. Well, that's one way they've won a Munster final. They've won games every conceivable way, out from the front and lead and stay ahead and go further ahead come from behind, this was different in that they were level 15 times, it was toe-to-toe the whole way through, just as it was in Ennis and they come out on top an extra time just sometimes champions can build up that reserve of different types of situations that they know they've come through and they fall back on that and straight away you would think coming off the pitch, Tony Kelly sideline, everybody uplifted, mm-hmm. uh, this could be advantage, Clare, and straight away Limerick, you know, draw on those reserves as, you know, 2018 the semi-final, they've been here so often in all these different situations, they can pull one down from the locker and apply it and there it is, we've done it before we've been through this, this is ours. I thought they did play with instinct at times as well, there was a lot of structure there obviously but would you call Declan Hannan's point to lead at the very end where he literally just caught it and he struck it almost into one movement. And what a fantastic score that was, overshadowed by what happened afterwards. But if you look back at that score, he had a split second to deliver that from inside his own half. Could have been about 90, 100 metres, whatever it was, and he whipped it over off his left side. Fantastic score. Uh, I thought that was instinctive just at that moment he could have played it through the line or look for a car, someone Seamus and coming out to the one of the wings, but he didn't. He put it over. And I thought that was instinctive. And that's a measure, a measure of them. Inevitably, they get the job done. But they've such a physical, physical force that eventually those collisions, I think, did tell on Claire as extra time wore on that they just gave so much of themselves and could give no more against a team. That's this is a five-year run for them now. And they've built up that experience. And it's really telling.
2: The um, the I mean, look, you can't not but mention the heroism, I think, as well, from a Claire perspective, to actually go in there and go, as, as you mentioned, Column, go toe to toe and take Limerick. I mean, that's three games that they have all finished level. And I know that they will probably be feeling pretty low because it might have been a first chance for them to win a Munster Championship since 98. It's a long time for Claire. But they, Surely they can take plenty still, and there's still a big championship for them. There still, Derek, is there?
0: Yeah, there is. There is. Um, you know, the term "left nothing, lost nothing" in the in the feed definitely applies. You know, in many ways, like I think. You know, you, you, you take the physical. A lot of people are commenting on the physical and emotional toil that it would take on them. First of all, one thing I would say is about clear is that they fancied the game against Limerick, and they always do, Rory. They kind of, whether it's the Lit connections, the UL connections, the, the previous rivalries, they, you know what? You never get the sense that when Clare step up against Limerick that there's a a sense of of kind of foreboding about what's to what's to kind of take place. So to answer your original question about the aftermath of it now, I think there'll be there'll be no issue. I think will that there, there's obviously a very grounded approach there at management level. You can see that I'd say there's very, very intelligent players. They'll they'll you know they'll just regroup and, and they'll hope obviously to find themselves back and and, and it mightn't be it mightn't be the worst route to a possible trilogy meeting without you know I already already preempted a trilogy meeting being want for the limerick this year. I don't think I was on my own so I better be careful. But uh, um I think it's 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 definitely within the bounds of possibility that Claire will, will regroup. I think they will, you know, I, I think they'll I think that once they get the injuries right, the key guys that we don't know anything about near the end of the game just see whether it was fatigue or whether it was a couple of injuries to key players. Once they're right, I think they'll I think they'll find themselves back in a semi-final.
2: And some job by Brian Law and Colin.
3: Yeah, it really is. And uh, you know we see that they've made improvements almost game by game from when he took over. They've just got better season to season to season. Three seasons in now. And the improvement has just been steady the whole way. And you know, if you think from the outset, Rory, you know, they were probably being tipped to be in a basement struggle with Tipperary earlier this year. Most people's assessment was Waterford, Limerick, Waterford, Cork, in whatever order. Mm-hmm. And Claire weren't really factored in, which is a, a bit of a misstep by everybody, really. Um, but it's the it's the players that maybe we hadn't reckoned with that have made the improvements. OK, Tony Kelly, but Tony Kelly, Kelly is almost a given at this stage. You get Shane O'Donnell back and you get Peter Duggan back, both proven players in previous championships. But for me, Paul Flanagan's performance against Kyle Hayes. Now, he's given away inches and he's given away pounds and maybe even stone in there. Now, maybe this is a reflection of Kyle Hayes not being going so well in the corner in the confinement there. He doesn't get a chance to build up the same power and speed. But Paul Flanagan was... Magnificent, I thought, for Claire, uh, on Kyle Higgs. Just, and just in general, covering off for other other defenders. I thought wherever he popped up that red helmet was it was there all the time. And he, he won so many battles and he set up quite a few scores as well, especially in the first half. That's one Brian Lohan win, shall we say, on on, on his watch, because for years Paul Flanagan was a you know a great leader for an under-21 team in 2012 or 2013. And he took so long to make his mark. His first championship start was against Leash in 2020 under Brian Lohan. He obviously knew him from from UL, so you had that relationship with him. So that's a huge progression to get a player like that back in his late 20s and have him playing like that. And then Ryan Taylor at midfield has been a revelation too. That's another one. Big win that you wouldn't have seen coming from Clare. But that's another, pretty sure that's a Lohan success there. As well playing him around the middle exploiting that pace and those runs and they really troubled the the limerick midfield and also david fitzgerald moving up front as well he got five points fouled for freeze he was he was magnificent too so there was, free, around, was,
2: there, there was freeze in this game there was,
3: <laughs> there was <yeah. laughs> lots of not, them freeze missed as well i mean it just just shows you how much action there was there and obviously john conlan moving to center back having yeah. Profited a lot under previous managements from being up front, centre forward, even full forward, uh, going back to centre back. And again, like the other three I've mentioned, has been has been a real success. And for a long time there, I thought he was superb. I thought he was out in his feet at one stage, and yet he comes back and he's a storming last 10 minutes of normal time. So all around, Brian Lohan has those players playing for him quite clearly, and he has the county behind him in a big, big way. Because when Claire mobilized their support and when they get people behind them, they are quite a movement, as we saw in the nineties, and I think we're seeing again now.
2: How difficult and uh, Derek from a management perspective is it now to lift them? And what do you, what what sort of what sort of tactics would you employ as a manager to try and you know park what happened last Sunday and move on to the next competition and to try and rinse that out of your system, you know, to lift it now again to go in and more than likely face Wexford.
0: Well, I can only go on a little bit of experience. Two two experiences. 15 beaten in the monster final by four points by tip. I went fairly dictatorial and heavy after 16 absolutely trounced in a monster final by tip. Different, you gotta you gotta appeal to every sinew of your, you know, of your motivational powers and inspiration to try and come together again. And we managed to be beaten in a replay in a, in a great match in Thurles in semi-final in the 16 that year. So I think Lone, the advantage for loan is, is the fact that they emptied themselves. So, so you know, it, it, it's not a case where, where I would be in a scenario where you're kind of trying to lift the team from the depths. I think, and, and therein perhaps lies the danger as well. Believe it or not, even though I'm kind of you know a contradictory kind of statement there. But so how would you go about it? I think he'll go. He'll fairly, no, know, not knowing him, but reading him from the outside I think it'll be not old school but I think it'll be fairly you know this is gone straight away I think they would have done it in the, in the dressing room I think he would have immediately focused on I know for instance that when we were beating the Munster Championships you kind of straight straight away you say there's a second competition to play for here it's as simple as that it's an All-Ireland series our season is not done but I think you'll double down on the recovery obviously for the people that are involved at extra time you'll be smart with your recovery but come this weekend I think you'll be you'll be kind of dialing up the tone again. And I think that's what, that's what Brian Owen and his management team and the players will do. And just again, a focal point, just looking at the last huddle during extra time on the TV, we got a great clip of Tony Kelly absolutely dictating the terms of what was going to happen in extra time there. Like, it does, you know, and sometimes, yeah, you were at the game, guys, but sometimes when you're at home and you see the intent on these fellas' faces, like, and, you know, the, the coverage of it was... Was brilliant to be able to see. You got a sense that this is a team, yeah. United has won with their management, but the Kelly influence, the Conlan influence, this le- the leadership group within the within the within the setup itself. The players are going to drive this to make sure that there's not an underperformance. They they just want another crack at Limerick, and that'll be their motivation, right. or or another. And, and they won't be saying we want Limerick, but they'll be. It looks like they'll be playing the winners of Wexford and and, and Kerry and. So the, that's the likely um, how it'll play out, I'm guessing anyway, so I, I think so anyway So like, they'll be kind of saying, you know, they'll be watching that match over the weekend and they'll be, I think they'll be ready for it, so they'll realign their, their goals straight away towards that and physically just recover this week and, and just tune up again mentally as the week goes on next week.
2: It was um, in fairness, it was just combat sport at its gladi- gladiatorial finest and moving to The other big game of the weekend, obviously, was on Saturday night. Uh, You know, it didn't fire in the same way that many people had hoped. Um, What did you think of it, Derek? I mean, there has been some criticism saying that it was a poor Leinster final. Look, I suppose, to a certain extent, you're not going to get to Mona Lisa every time you sit down to paint. But uh, there was still plenty in it for both teams to make it interesting right up to the end.
0: Yeah, and again, it's not a kind of case of jumping on it now when, when the Monster Final was so good the day after, because that's what you that's what you'd be kind of accused of. Look, it was it was a kind of an arm wrestle, I suppose. You know, yeah. Kenny seemed to dictate the terms from the start. You know, Kenny's forward unit is 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 dangerous. I think they got some things really spot on in Mikey Butler's tracking of Mannion for lots of the game until he was handed over to to Paddy Deegan near the end of it. And they kind of set the terms of engagement and go I away mean, just struggled. You know when they didn't take the goal chances, Joseph Coney's goal chance, Brian Concallen's goal chance, they just they left him in it, for want of a better phrase, and God we never flowed really after that. So it was just an arm wrestle from start to finish with Kilkenny probably deserving victory, you know, deserving victors overall. But you were you there on Saturday night, Cullen?
3: Oh Rory, I was uh watching, watching it, it and uh I was I'd be very disappointed if it was Henry Shefflin with the endeavour of Galway really and their, their readiness for battle, I have to say. Um, they really fell down in that respect. Uh, I just felt that, you know, they'd built up quite a bit of momentum. He had gone with the same team, placed nearly throughout, apart from Conor Whelan's injury, didn't change even for the game that might have been expected to win, didn't run in any other players differently. So he was quite sure that this fifteen was the best and I feel they probably let him down in that respect. And uh, in terms of the the one-to-one battles, you could just see Kilkenny grinding it down and getting on top. And uh, obviously TJ Reid's uh, aerial ability, once again, how often have we seen that put the ball down on top of him? And uh, it's it's a, it's just a route. It's a route that they know they can depend on so well. And surprisingly, Galway didn't really have have an answer to that, but... Connor Whelan, apart, they had no real threat up front, which would be a, a big disappointment.
2: And, and did they get the ball into him often enough? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, he, he did seem like he had, you no, know, look, he was up against Hugh Lawler, who obviously is come back from a you know pretty bad hand hand injury. But you kind of got the sense that if they had gotten, like, I mean, Connor Whelan is the kind of fella that can win ball any way you want. And I just don't know. Kind of sent, felt that they got a little bit distracted and had they been a bit more direct, put more pressure in, in on top of that full forward line by getting the ball a little bit faster in, would they have maybe gotten a little more joy? I know they obviously spurned a couple of goal chances in the first half and that was the only worry, I suppose, from a neutral perspective. When you're looking at it, you're going, look, that usually does come back to haunt you and that, that's kind of probably what happened. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, mean, I also think on that, Rory, that if you watch the Kenny Wexford game, like Kilkenny used Richie Reid very poorly that day and I think they used him a bit better last Saturday evening like, you know in that you know Cahill Manion obviously drifts way out the field and they leave Concanon and Conor Whelan normally up there and Richie Reid almost kind of said to himself I'll leave Conor Coney, go down the field and I'll, I'll kind of double up there so invariably if, if Lawler was to get a touch on Whelan or you know Tommy Welch was to get tight on, on Concanon the ball broke to Richie Reid and I thought they used it a bit better than they had in, in Kilkenny's defence to be fair
2: it's Richie Reed, the sub goalkeeper for Kilkenny a couple of years ago. Am I, do I have I got is that correct, Eric? Am I, am,
3: he am, was is, at one stage, yeah. And, and TJ Reed was a was a sub goalkeeper for Securon's yeah. many, it's many, years They, ago, they, they
2: have an, it's an amazing ability uh, to uh, convert I players.
3: I remember seeing an old yeah. program crop up, uh, with uh with TJ as a sub-goalkeeper and Darren O'Neill, the former Olympic boxing captain, was midfielder on the Ciaran's team. Just and goes to show.
0: Austin Gleeson was goalie for us here in school in first year Also, well, Just yeah. goes to show. It
2: uh, just goes to show. Like, But um, obviously, the, a big talking point after the game, lads, was, you know, this, the handshake part too. I mean, we copped some stick on social media for uh, in a TV context for making more out of it than maybe we should have now having said that you know this normal standard protocols post-match when you're dealing with a full-time whistle you just show the celebrations the hugs kisses and then you kind of you hang loose really until the trophy presentation happens and to my mind you know it wasn't RTE it wasn't a match director it wasn't me that made a big deal of that whole thing there was only one person really responsible for making it into something that it didn't need to be. And I think that was probably brain Cody, would you agree?
3: Uh, I probably would agree with that, Rory, in that. And But first of all, the, the, the public interest in it is is huge because this is the most successful ever uh, hurling manager and the most successful ever player. Why wouldn't people be interested in the dynamic between them the same way that you'd be interested in anything that went on between... Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane in the same way that these are two, the two biggest figures in the sport. And they happening to come up against each other now in a sideline. Obviously, Henry's with a different county. And the dynamic in Salt Hill was such around the handshake that there was going to be huge interest. And the way it played out, obviously, I would have expected probably both to meet halfway and shake hands at some stage. I would have expected that. Henry stood still. Maybe there's a bit there with, with him as well and Brian Cody, from what I could see, again, I'm only looking at the cameras didn't venture down, so there was a reluctance there, maybe, on both and in the in the end, Henry went up shook hands, it was very, very brief I think what Brian Cody said, but I couldn't be sure It was a good man, thanks very much, there was nothing more to it than that, and Henry went back down, obviously shook his head again, second guessing, what, what was that about the shake of the head, people said it was something said, I don't think it was, I think it was just it has come to this. I think yeah. that was probably the general. And I think that's most people's reaction. How has it come to this?
2: Yeah, like Derek, you, you know, there is no protocol or etiquette around, you know, winning or losing managers or or is there? I mean, like, you know, you've been on the sideline yeah. for winning and losing. I mean, what's your kind of instinct? I mean, it's just, just right. like, to my mind, right? If the, the full-time whistle goes when Brian Cody just walks on and shakes his hand, there's no more about it. You know, the fact that it be, kind of became... It was sort of a dance off, you know, like, uh, you know, like an old school disco and it will, will he, won't he type scenario, like, it was, you know, I just, I don't know, I just thought it was a bit silly, but it was nothing to do with television. I mean, Jesus, we were only trying to reflect what was actually happening out there. And that's your job. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, look, I think it's, there's unwritten etiquettes, I suppose, Rory. Like, yeah. I, I remember losing mm-hmm. the All-Ireland Final in to to all alone, and I'd be good buddies with all mm-hmm. e- even before you know, we played in the Ireland final together. So you're kind of saying to yourself, Jesus, you know, good luck to him now and you're going to do the right thing here. And, And people think you do because it looks good and all that, but you're just doing the right thing, I suppose, you know, in terms of, we all play the game, we all viciously want to win the game. And if you lose the game, you know, you shake hands, I suppose. You know, no more than, I'd be good buddies with John Cuyley, we only came together in 18 for the first time on the line and we shook hands before the match. And I remember John Cuyley said to me, hey, it was always going to happen sometime, you know. So you kind of have, that doesn't mean you don't want to rip into each other during the game, you yeah. know, or even, even you might get involved in variables, you're not going to just lie down to anyone. So, I think it's your own mi- mindset. So, y- other times I remember 17 semi final shaking hands with Kieran Kingston and not getting into his dressing room afterwards, getting into the cork dressing room and regretting, you know, we were in there when we lost them and we won, we didn't win. There. And I'm saying, Jesus, they didn't win there and now. They think that you had no respect when you won, and you know, that you lacked the humility when you won, and all So, it depends on your own. Sometimes you can overthink it as well, but I'll come back to what Cullum said. How has it come to this? Two iconic figures that, like Brian came down to us when we were in the All-Ireland Colleges final year in 07 or 08, there'd be a dead connection with the, with, the, with the school, his primary school, came down to the school, they can, you know, lifted the, the roof off the off the, off the, boys here of the school, the height, the respect, and Henry obviously is, is you know, is the most iconic player that's ever played the game, and, that's just sad. I just wish it had, I wish it had ended better. Like, you know, you know, you and, know and now part of it, maybe they want they don't want to engage in the public kind of display of it as well. You know, you know, and you might allow for a, a winter of where someone says, you know, call over to the house, we'll, we'll have a cup of tea or, or a pint, you know, and, and, and maybe that's the better way of, of kind of solving any perceived grievances. But I, I just don't know, it's it's
3: well, I think it's as simple as this, Derek, that Brian Cody has an issue with Henry Shefflin managing Managing Galway and coming down to him with a a, a Galway top on him and Supermax—that's just something that he is finding difficult to embrace. That the player that served Kilkenny and obviously him so well—that's something that obviously he has a difficulty with. I presume that 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 is it behind the reluctance. Although the man himself would say, "Well, there's no reluctance, or no issue with me. There's no no big deal. All I see is Galway." That's what he said. So that's that's really that's really where it is. I would imagine.
2: Well, they both move on to different stages, and speaking of which, obviously the Joe McDonough was played on Saturday in the preceding game, and Antrim looked to be home and host 10 minutes into the second half. Um, now they won out in the end, and deservedly so. But they got, a, they got a fair old fright in the end as well too, at the same time from uh, Steve Malumphy and Kerry, didn't they, Derek?
0: Yeah, we were actually, I was involved with the Leash Miners, we were beat, beaten by Clare and we are coming back on the bus from Ennis, and we were just keeping in touch, obviously, because I would have known Fintan O'Connor very well, who's involved in Kerry the last two years, in the tip 20s, they were in the final the last two years, and then Steve Malumphy building on that good work, and we were talking, what's the score in a match? Kerry, our Antrim 8, 10 points up, 11 points up, and then all of a sudden, you're into a kind of, a Jordan Conway comes off the bench, I know he had fierce hamstring troubles under, under Fintan, and um, they could never really get him on the pitch as much as they wanted, and he gets 2-2, two, two. Um, Mikey and Mikey and Podge Boyle, Boyle ripping it up, and Daniel Collins, and all of a sudden you have a contest. But overall, when we watched it back yesterday, overall Antrim probably just marginally superior in terms of when they were on top. They looked a good, flowing team. You know, Kerry very spirited to go to the end, but um, and a couple of c- crucial decisions at key times. I, you know, we, we've, we've all seen the clip of the guy and maybe falling over, and, and the free, there was a couple of you know, a couple of crucial decisions kind of that you know could have perhaps brought it back to a point. Well, um, as I said, Conal Cunning and Kieran Clark, and um, you know Sean Elliott, very very prominent for for, for Antrim, and you know they they probably deserve it overall. To be fair,
2: making really good progress as well, Cullum Antrim. In fairness, under Darren Gleeson, and will you know look it'll depend really on their state of mind, and obviously it's a glamorous enough gig for them uh, to be welcoming Cork to Corrigan Park. And regardless, I suppose they're probably in bonus territory. So, you know, you, you wouldn't expect them to win that match, but you look, look you, you never really know. I think what's probably more important from an Antrim perspective is they're back in the Leinster Championship. And I think they'll actually add something to the Leinster Championship. I think they will bring, like, they would, would it be fair to say that they will potentially look at Westmeath, Dublin? there'll be games that they'll feel that they can go in and target and potentially win and maybe sustain a run in the Leinster Championship, which could potentially then again bring them on again.
3: Well, some of the results over the <clears throat> over the last year would certainly suggest that in the league, especially, they have really, really put it up to uh, some of the better teams. If you remember that game against Clare last year in Corrigan Park, which which is a difficult place to go. And they'll, I think all teams will take a lot of hope, all these teams in that in that bracket will take a lot of hope from what happened in Mullingar with Westmead uh, getting that draw with Wexford so uh, I think uh, that gives Antrim, Antrim a really competitive side um, they've been up and down obviously won the Joe McDonough uh, in 2020 and they're back up again and this, this time I just get a sense that they may sustain it uh, next year they'll sustain it a lot better, there is that sense about them that they are making steady and firm improvement
2: well, I'm uh, looking forward to my first trip to Cargan Park on Saturday. So I'm off Saturday. So we'll take an old trip up there. Have any of you actually ever been up there? Have you been up there, Derek?
0: I've been up there. Yeah. it's uh, a yeah, yeah. great venue. Great venue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, even Watford were lucky to get out of there with a, with a win this year. You know, they drew with, mm. uh, be clear Drew with Wexford. You know, I completely concur. I think they'll add a huge amount to the Leinster championship next year in terms of. I think they will target a couple of victories, and, and even in the league, I think they'll target one away win next year. A good a couple of good away performances as well in the in, in the league next year.
2: The Cork supporters, now, I don't think anybody will any will ever feel too much sympathy for them, given the, you know, given the fact that no one really likes Cork. Let's be perfectly honest, but they are going to lally over this, by the way. Like it's a long old haul all the ways up there and they will have, they'll still bring, you know, they'll still bring a couple of hundred as much as they can get up there anyway. The cost of diesel and the overnights and they're all giving out, for sure, look, they're still in the championship. There could be worse things going on in the world. So that's it for Hurling, lads. Listen, thanks a million. And um, We've got Pat Spillane coming up for football and we're really looking forward to the last couple of rounds in the Hurling Championship because, um, as we know now, we're heading into the really business end. There's no more second chances and uh knockout Hurling from here on in. Just want to say thanks to Derek and we'll have Pat coming on in a couple of seconds. Possession crucial from this.
0: How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a car.
1: It by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What
0: I love in hurling, I love players that never give in. He hits it! He hits it! What? It's over the bar!
2: Okay, so football now for the next half an hour or there thereabouts. Delighted to be joined by Pat Spillane to reflect on a pretty good weekend of football championship. In fairness, and look, only one place to start, which is the exit of the All Ireland champions. You, you probably watched the match from home, Pat, no doubt. Arma um, impressive. Yeah, uh, do you know? But, but... Perhaps
1: before I start, do you know, do you know Rory, really when I got that call from you to, to, to join today and I was sort of saying, my day was planned out. I was going to, I'm going to go for a walk in the forest, going to go for a swim. <laughs> the only person I'm going to meet all day is Rosary. Uh, we're going to have a nice relaxing day. I'll watch all the sports and television I can find and I won't upset no one, bother no one. And I know now, and it's been bothering me with, with weeks now and months and it just came to prominence again today. And I started, within two hours, I will have a couple of dozen people, maybe a couple of hundred people abusing me online for whatever comment that I will make, which is fair point. I will, I will offer an opinion. I will offer facts to back up that opinion. And I will be abused online in the next, in the, for the next couple of days because of an opinion I've offered. And I was just thinking, you know, the last day I was on, and we were only just talking about the split season. There was nothing controversial at all. It was about as harmless a programme. And the, I went on the Facebook page after, and I think on this page, And the first fellow was calling me a clown. And I looked at his photograph, you know, he was a middle-aged man living in, I think it was Tipperary, and he just said, Spillane is a clown. And I was looking at him and I said, I've never seen this guy before. He's never seen me before. We've never met. And this guy is just calling me a clown for offering my opinion. And, you know, lately, in relation to a family member, a GA discussion page had had incorrect and malicious and and mischievous information and you know for the first time ever I decided you know what I think this person might be from around this area and we got his 602 posts we took out 12 and within seven we identified and lo and behold the fellow spreading mischievous information was a neighbor of mine who played with the club now not living anymore And, and you know it was just all of this has been bothering me for weeks and months but it just came into light again today when I looked at and I've seen the reaction to Andy McEntee's resignation. Mm. And I've seen the vile abuse on social media that Andy has got and his son Shane has got. I don't know Andy McEntee. Like, like hundreds of other managers, he wasn't very, very successful. But so what? But, but one thing I do know about the McEntees is, and, and Colin will know, they're great GA people. They're great people, honest people. Decent people, and Andy McEntee has devoted his five or six years of his life to managing the meat scene team without getting a penny from it. And I'm starting to saying to myself, "Why would you this bother? is what he? This is, why would he bother? Why why would he bother? Why would his son be subject to abuse for paying out of his own pocket to come to the next training session?" And I'm just saying, this country, I, I, we, with the social media giants, we have a, a serious issue. And right players managers, pundits, and pundits are not are, are, are immune to getting this, we offer an opinion, uh, we put our face to it, we put our name to it, and we, we back up our opinion with facts and stuff, but these, multi, these, these social media giants in this country are getting away with murder, they're paying little tax, there's light touch regulation, And there's no accountability. And what social media is doing to this country in terms of mental health, in terms of depression, in terms of suicide is absolutely scandalous. And and I just sympathise with Andy McEntee or any other, any other, because I think the worst forums in sport in this country are the GA forums. And I just think it's wrong. So that's my rant out of it. That's my little piece
2: out of it. Just on that, just, 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 just on that though, Pat. Before while we're on it, like we, I was obviously going to touch on that towards the back end. But sure, look, while we're here, we may as well get to it. Would you say Andy's probably nearly happier and better off being out of it at this point, Cullum?
3: I wouldn't say he's happier being out of it because Mm. he is so wedded to it and so committed to it and such was his desire to avert the slide of Meath and to change things that he just poured every last bit of himself. I do know that about him, Rory. His commitment to it round the clock, that's one thing, baseline, is that the time and effort and commitment he gave to it, probably to his detriment. I'm sure if he stepped away from it and looked at what he has done and how much it has consumed his life, like a lot of managers, like a lot of managers, I would say uh, he has given everything. And people will obviously, uh, you know, they'll criticise some of them, some of the moves he made and some of the moves he didn't make and all that. But the bottom line is he put a huge effort in, and fundamentally, you would have to say. Go beyond the management. I don't believe a manager, the next manager of Mead, will be a whole lot different or in a different position in two or three years' time. No matter who it is, I don't think it will change a whole lot. In fact, it could go back before it takes any step forward again because the county has been suspended almost in the same place for the last at least a decade, and maybe that a little spell there when they... When they reached All Ireland quarterfinals and an All Ireland couple of All Ireland semi finals, well, at at the end of the last decade, where you know there was a decent enough team there, but since then it has just been so far so hard uh, to pick back up, and the weight of expectation has probably dwindled at this stage to the point where there's there's levels of apathy now, and there's that's that's a concerning thing when people when you feel people don't really care. Well, Andy was one of those who really really cared, and. Uh, from that point of view the time he gave but I think when you're looking at it, I've covered these statistics before Mead have not been to an under 21 20 final uh only once in the last two decades in 2014 and that's not even winning it that's getting to a final at under 21 level they've got to one in Leinster that's it um there's no club has been in a Leinster final screen in 2004. Now, you might say, well, you can work around that, and there's always good individuals in that. But as a baseline, over a long period of time, you're talking almost two decades, and between club and under 20 final, you've been in one final. That's not the basis of a very strong county push for any manager. So, Andy McEntee and Mick O'Dowd and Seamus McInany before him, they were all fighting the same thing that, you know, I think culturally in Mead, it's really, really. It has started to slip, and it's been slipping for a long time. And it probably, as much as anything, I, I think it starts with the, with the clubs. And I don't think the players are being produced. I know people will point to an All Ireland minor minor title last year, and a Leinster title the uh, at minor level the year before, but the real step is up is at twenty level to produce those players that are almost ready made for senior. And so far, that hasn't happened. Now they've brought in a program manager, a guy. Called Barry Horgan, who uh, they hope will—he's the football manager for underage. Will will knit all that together. So, from that point of view, there's at least theoretically positive developments. But you just wonder—you just wonder—and I go back to this: there's there's almost an old arrogance there that the support the county, not so much the management or anything like that, that the county doesn't want. To play the game a certain way and that's the way they will have to play they will have to play hard to beat football that may not be attractive and it may invite scorn from, from everybody as the how to play but as a first base as a fundamental that's the style of play that they might have to go back and the county champions Wolf Tones played a very very strong defensive game last year they were coached by Mihal McDermott last year, uh, the former Clare manager, he or he was with Kilmurray as well, brought them to an All Ireland final, and has had some success in Cavan. But he, he he brought in a very organised, very efficient counter attacking game, and they went and won the county title. And I'd say they could win another one this year. would Be very very close.
2: So you'd but, imagine you'd imagine Colum, he might be in the shake up. Well, replace. I don't know. I'm, they- not,
3: I, I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting. I'm not suggesting that. But certainly as a template for a team like me now to go, and I'm sure. Andy did try to implement this or or elements of it at time, but you're always battling against people's uh, opposition, shall we say, within the county to playing a certain way. There's almost almost an old snobbery there that they wouldn't play that way. um, Do we start the Colm O'Rourke for manager campaign now? Well, I think it may be. It may be his his time. I I, I and I'd say this. He'd be no better off than Andy Mcatee is in two or three years' time. And I'm say that with a... I, I just don't think it's. Uh, but but maybe maybe it's his time. Maybe it is his I time. No. You're playing to know what you're talking about because. The standard of club football
1: in me that I've seen the, the record at 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 all the various provincial club championships and in in our islands is very very poor. But I've looked at the me team for the last couple of years, and you look at the players, and you know, McGill, Kogan, uh, Minton, there's some damn good footballers there. But but down to the years, the last couple of years, I I I there's no game plan. I don't see an identity in them. Uh, and you know what was very worrying, and what I could never understand the lack of a 70 minute performance in, in over the last two years you look at their big games the big game the relegation against Kildare the game was finished over
3: the contest for and me- I, for sure Pat if you were to pick out a game and obviously the beatings from Dublin were have been, have been very tough and they've been they've sat morale they've really sat morale everywhere that people are look almost looking the other way but that was the game you're right the relegate or their the promotion playoff against Kildare last year. That was the game that Meade really needed to be winning to gain a foothold and to gain progress to get it to keep ahead of Kildare. And they're not ahead of Kildare. They've slipped <laughs> back.
1: Just too often in contests. The game was over before Meat brought their, before Mead brought the intensity and, and battled it. The game was over against Kildare when they brought the battle. The game was over against against Dublin in the semi-final last year when they had a cracking second half. The game was over as a contest this year at halftime. They outscored Dublin in the second half. And I watched them again last Sunday our last Saturday in, in Innes, and the first half, they played with the wind. There was no urgency, there was no intensity. I mean, they got their four, They were playing with a good, strong wind, and just what you associate, I know we go with tradition, you associate physicality, at, you know, battle-hardened, Jesus, when you play meat, you knew you were in a contest. But they, there was no intensity to their play, there was no passion, there was no physicality. They sat off, they sat off clear in the first half. They got their first point from play after 18 minutes,
3: I thought it was just. It's, I don't, probably, I, it's probably reflective of any club game you will see too over the last number of years. You will you will not see that aggressive style of football. At least, the, you know, I I don't sense it's there. I just don't sense that, sense that style is there. But that's certainly a style that the the county, not just the county team, but the county needs to, yes, to grab it towards because uh, it's drifting and it could become a permanent drift. And I know there are underage successful underage teams there. But really, what happens now at under-20 level is 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 almost what, what matters most. And this year, there were conceded another four goals to Dublin. That's three times in the last four games that Dublin under-20s have put four goals on me. It's just defensively. Defensively, the culture is just not there to defend and to defend aggressively. And I think that's a fundamental problem that goes beyond even current management are, uh management that are exiting at this stage so
2: pat pat, uh, pat mentioned um aggressives uh, you know aggression and the sort of physical stuff that you would associate with me that was kind of what we were expecting to a large extent in the athletic rounds but i'm not sure I if I got, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we got it though did we Pat? like it, I it, this story Do you know
1: and can i just say something Do you know that so, you know, we've been all about social media, and 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 sometimes in in social media we need to challenge the narrative and this fake news. So so the narrative surrounding me is I hate Ulster, I'm anti-Ulster, I'm anti. And can I just say that out of the okay, the best match last weekend I'd be biased, but the best match I watched last weekend by a million miles was Leitrim and Sliga. It was a cracker. But anyway, that's part of that aside. But the next best match. I thought the Armagh Tyrone game was a really enjoyable game of football. I really thought it was enjoyable. I thought Armagh brought a lovely, fresh approach to, to not play front football. I loved the variety in their attack. I loved the way they, they, they ran direct. I loved the way they had runners coming in support. I loved their kicking game. It was a long, direct kicking game at times. It was inter-diagonal, uh, diagonally into the corner. Certainly, Kieran Donnelly must have some influence. But you're right. It, there was an interesting statistic. You know, we remember the cagey defensive fear football of the previous week, the Ulster final between Derry and Donegal. And you remember that statistic where only two scores, two points came from turnovers. In other words, the teams just out of fear never took the ball into contact. But that fear wasn't there last uh, last week, last Sunday in, in the athletic grounds because do you remember the stat? And you would have been looking at the stats. At halftime, all the scores from both teams had come from turnovers, most unusual. And like, we've said this about Tyrone all year, that we, look, in the championship, I, I watched them against Fermanagh I watched them against uh, Derry, watched them again, they're flat, they're flat. Uh, they weren't the team of last year. They were flat, they were tired, they were jaded. Uh, and you know what the one little statistic was The hunter became the hunted. Like, you think of that, that ambush, that Tyrone performed on Kerry in the semi final last year. And you think of that statistic that Kerry in the final attacking third had tur- 31 turnovers. The tackling, the swarm defence, that, that spider's web of a defence. Last weekend, that wasn't there. That for us did, that swarm defence. I think, uh, like, even an attack, Tyrone lost nine, in the first half, Tyrone turned over the bomb, their own attack nine times. You know, it was so on Tyrone-like, but you know, uh, people say, well, why? I said that about, you know, Miko De kept us hungry, and we were the same bunch of team, but he dangled carrots in, in, in the, in the, in the form of, of tours. Dublin, what they achieved over seven or eight years, it was unreal, but, and I was saying, well, why? Well, obviously, there was a lot of fresh players to come in, but the one thing you had in Dublin was... You're 30 of a panel. You're a huge panel. There was fierce competition. Players on their toes. They were picked and formed at A versus B game, And that obviously wasn't there in Tyrone this year because what happened in Tyrone? Seven left the panel. When seven left the panel, they were the boys who were the impact subs. They were the boys who were pushing for staff. They were gone, so said, with them gone, there was no real pressure on most of the fellas in position. You know, they were comfortable. They didn't have the impact, so they didn't have the hunger. And you know, when you see three fellas from the under-20 panel being parachuted in to the to the panel two weeks before a vital championship, game, you know it's a bit of a need-jack reaction. But I looked at the statistics. Uh, other, I mean, against against Derry, they, the forwards got one pint from play. Tyrone forwards got one pint. The starting forwards last Sunday against Armagh, the starting forwards got the two, only two of the starting forwards scored. And that was Darren McCurry and Conor McKinnon. And they got three scores between them. One, two. So uh, they, they didn't look, they were never going to be All-Ireland winners this year. And like I said, the difficulty of putting All-Irelands back-to-back is just huge. And this I particular-
3: and my I would I'm, add this. It's, I'm, it's I'm very, very it difficult. It's Ulster. very difficult to defend your title in Ulster because obviously Kerry were able to put them together in in Munster with a relatively benign Munster championship, and Dublin had that start in Leinster where they know they could mm. pick and choose their moments through Leinster in the knowledge that they're it always is very. It is Leinster very title. difficult. It, can and it I is very difficult. Say, I would it's always it's say this: it's a lot more difficult to retain. That's the first base. It's a lot more difficult to retain in Ulster or to retain. Ulster and all Ireland titles given the nature of the province uh, mm. up there. Yeah. But a, a striking point and Pat mentioned that uh, you know how 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 entertaining and how fluid the Tyrone Armagh game uh, was and often when teams when Ulster teams come out of the Ulster championship and meet yeah. you will see a completely different game. We saw it in 2005 an epic All Ireland semi-final yeah. after the two Ulster finals that there was so much spite and needle in those two games in Croke Park and everybody expected in the third game, when they met in that semi-final, they expected a repeat. And what unfolded was one of the great games of the modern era. So sometimes, and it, there's plenty of examples of that. Well, um, can I just can I just
1: can I just speak up for the much maligned Munster Cena Football Championship? <laughs> can, I, can I just say stress? Go ahead, Pat. That in, the, in the last twelve in the race to Sam McGuire, the Munster much maligned Cena Football Championship is providing how many counties?
3: Four. Uh, Oh, I'm only, I'm only going back. I'm only going back to your own time when you got biggest, a buy, and you got biggest, a buy into a monster final Pat. do You remember? Biggest, yeah.
1: What year was that?
3: 1980. The well, biggest representation, Tyrone, kind of benefited from a buy into the uh, Ulster final this year. So yeah. it is yeah. difficult. It's, 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 it's. It, there has to be context set against the Ulster, an Ulster championship.
2: Yeah, and look, and the reality is I know people are complaining now oh, about look at a draw and saying Cork are absolutely poxed to be end up where they are. And, 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 they uh, and, are uh, and, and that is true. But look, a lot of the yeah. Ulster counties had an opportunity to vote in proposal B and took took the decision not to. So look, you, you know, you you can't have your cake and eat it. Um and what I'd suggest is though it was a very significant win column for Kieran McGeaney and Armah.
3: It really was. And if you go back over Kieran's time as manager of Kildare, and now Armagh, he's with Armagh eight years, he was with Kildare six. That is is his biggest win as as a manager for sure. Uh, Well executed, as we said, they played a variety of styles. Uh, I think playing Stephen Campbell from the start I've always advocated that I think he's a wonderful footballer and a brilliant ball carrier but they're able to mix it up with kickers they're great kickers they're great ball carriers and they had a goalkeeper that was able to come off his line and score two points you would have thought after Ineskin and Rory Began and what happened there that maybe the trend and the risk and reward uh, the, the, the risk was far greater than the reward for this but they've persisted with that and they got the benefits of it uh, through Ethan Rafferty. He was a really, yeah, but, but really good it, kicker of the ball.
1: The difference between that Rory Bacon performance against Kerry and last Sunday was that Kerry pressed up Rory Bacon. Kerry yeah,
3: was yeah, ready- I was at that I was at that game oh, and they set, for- they set traps for him. Oh, they, set- they, 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 that was for sure. You could actually see it unfold that yeah. Sean O'Shea was the guy that put the pressure on him. He almost turned his back to him. To Lull Royal. You look at last last Sunday, Column Do, Tyrone was sitting so
1: deep that you had the freedom of it and there was no pressure yeah. on the kick. You had the freedom of the park to amble up all the way to the 45, inside the 45, and there was no engagement, no tackling, no swarm defense. That was why last Sunday's performance was just a reflection of, so, of all their championship performances Tyrone. So un-Tyrone-like performance, that aggression, that tackling, that swarm
3: defense wasn't there.
2: Yeah. Um, but let's for, let's
3: for Kieran McGinney, just just to make the point on sure. on, on Maghini, obviously after losing to Donegal and that was their third bad defeat in Ulster and Donegal so you would think you know there's a bit of pressure coming on them here and yep. they they delivered and you know they're playing Donegal next weekend mm. uh, sometimes revenge is a dish best served cold uh, and it often happens the team you meet in the province when you meet them in a qualifier or further on in the championship. There's that reverse, so uh, uh, it's a luckily, tricky one for goal now.
2: And luckily enough, that's going to be live on RT and um, at four o'clock up in Clonus. Looking forward to that. Should be good. Um, the game that's obviously not live on RT this weekend is going to feature Mayo Kildare. And obviously, Mayo had a good win. Not without controversy, I would suggest, Pat, but at the same time, from a Mayo perspective, you know, if they're back on the horse, they should maybe tidy up a couple of their injuries. don't know who will should be back and fit, and they might get a couple of more players back. We we'll see Paddy Durkin back and like Armeo back. Well, first of all, uh, on the refereeing decisions,
1: I did. I would agree with Banty. I felt Conor McManus's blackout was harsh, harsh. Uh, but I certainly thought Manon deserved the penalty. Uh, Banty played a blinder in his post-match because he managed to uh, deflect attention away from what was yet again another underwhelming and very, very, very poor Manon performance. Look, I've been saying for years, Manon are a tired team, same old, same old, uh, same one-dimensional play, dependent on the same old players, heading to the well once too often and they found that well is dry. Uh, Great Warriors, great spirit. Mayo, funny enough, you're,
2: okay, a bit like. But the only um, thing I'd say on that, though, Pat, to be fair, it's a small well that they're that they're that they're digging out. I'll, of, it, yeah, You know? know, and like, and and and, yeah. and you yes, you you, would, you would have to give them credit to actually keep themselves in the conversation. And of people might course. say same old. People might say same old, same old. But would would on the flip side of that, could you give them credit to actually keep these players coming back time and time again to keep that experience around the dressing yeah, But room right. while you yeah. try and you know, yeah, evolve but your but team and bring you some young in well at,
1: They've been doing well at under-17 and under-20 level now for the last two years and there's nothing being brought through from those teams. Nothing at all. It's the same thing. But I mean, that aside, Mayo, it, it wasn't this, I, I wasn't that impressed by Mayo. Yes, they won and deservedly won. Uh, I just, I don't know, I just, just, is this, the, is this, is, is there a real lasting in this mail? I don't think so. And I keep looking at, and I keep saying the same thing. I look at the forwards. I look at the forward line. I look at the forward line. I look at their scoring return. And I don't see What was it? The starting, the starting six forwards, or forwards, get two pints in play last week. And, and I, I know an enough that was made an awful lot of it was made of the uh, on the other channel of the, the shooting efficiency, for example, in the first half.
2: You can say it's sky, Pat. You can say it's guy. It's okay. The sky. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I, their, shooting effic- their shooting efficiency in the first half, I said, well, absolutely remarkable. It was 10 shots, eight scores. And then you said, Yeah, that's very good. But then I realized that out of those eight scores, there was only three from play. Mm. And actually, how much did the forward score? In that first half, they got one point from play. It's not the same. 10 shots at goal in a team that was dominating that isn't great. So, Ryan, I don't know, they say still doubtful. He's a big loss. O'Connors were poor last week, like they did in no share on the middle field. Good energy. Um, Ruan was good. I don't know. I did this is a team. I, I don't know. You, you take this game next week, and this is two managers. This is two managers that the losers will we'll probably feel the pressure uh, Bonner or James Horton and it's a huge game for them but I just think I think of two words momentum and confidence and uh, next Sunday you know uh, Oh, sorry, I'm, trying, I'm mixing up with Mayo and Kildare. Mayo, Mayo and Kildare, is it Newbridge or Noah? The Mayo team that were hammered by Kildare a couple of years ago was a team on its last legs. There's probably a kick in them still to be Kildare. I don't know what sort of a team. But I wasn't impressed by Mayo. That's just still not impressed. There's just something about them. There were a man team. They were there for the taking, a very average man team. And they huffed and they puffed and they... Managed to get over
2: the line, but uh, they, they, don't know. they have used the back door well in the past, though, Colum, and they have resurrected their seasons on a couple of occasions in that back door. And obviously, like, I mean, I think Croke Park kind of suits a running team, you know, and that's where the game is on the, this Saturday coming. So, yep. I mean, I, I is, would there, think, is, is there a potential for Mayo to really uh, have I a would big say in this uh, championship
3: still? I would think Mayo were very, very happy to the team and the management would be very happy going to Crow Park. Maybe some of their supporters, a lot of their supporters, given the journey involved and six o'clock thrown, probably may not be. But the team likes to play in Crow Park. It brings a lot out of them. Obviously, not all the time in All-Ireland Final Day, but it does bring a lot out of Mayo. And yes, you're right. 2016 and 2017, they came from a long way back through the qualifiers. So the muscle memory for some of their players and certainly for the county in general is there to take on and embrace qualifiers and uh, I thought agreed with Pat up front they struggled but then without Ryan O'Donoghue who has really
2: Tommy Conroy
3: Tommy Conroy is such a big gossip you had those two guys and their complementing skills in that full forward line Um, two years on from their you know when when they've come on stream first for that 2020 All-Ireland campaign they'd be different players now Mayo would be a real real threat as it is I thought there was spark in some of their hard-running defenders again. Uh, Oshin Mullen looked really dynamic. Paddy Durkin again. Owen McLaughlin got into these positions all the time. I thought Enda Hessian was very, very good. That's always Mayo's real strength, is that running power from from the back. And I thought they were able to protect themselves a little bit better, albeit they didn't have the same maybe threats that they had against Galway uh, as they had. But generally, they, they dealt well at the back, and they kept themselves a little bit more compact uh, than they had been against Galway. So I saw certain signs of improvement there, and the well-being of Mullen, Mullen and Durkin and and McLaughlin. I mean, no more dynamic half-back line in the game than those. Obviously, McLaughlin gets himself into these positions. He doesn't always make it count, and that was evident again.
1: Actually, a big addition a big addition for next weekend and he probably was on the bench last week is Jordan Flynn and Jordan Flynn has been a revelation to he was brilliant mm. in the league he was man of the match when Mayo hammered Kildare and he'll be a big addition That's he's you awfully
3: strong runner he is, he is, but I, I, he'd be an addition off the bench. But I did think the midfield played well in it, in uh, Bar. Matthew yeah. Ruan and, and Aidan O'Shea. Uh, I thought they did well. R- Ruan again to that dynamic running game, and that really is is their strength. You know, they and that's always been their strength through the decade, and they're not they're not moving away from that. They're not deviating away from that. That is their game, and they have some of the best doing it. And I think I think eventually that they will run. They will run Kildare down on the. Uh, and so Kid there or Saturday, the could have a bit of recovery? No more than we spoke about me. the psychological damage that Dublin are inflicting on <laughs> Leinster teams. it's it's really, really difficult for them to pick up now. Um and and go again after that. Obviously, they'll they'll make every every effort to, it, but they have to really strip it back and make themselves difficult to beat. That's the first instance because obviously they win into a Leinster final. Hoping the support and the whole vibe in the county was, well, we'll have a go. It won't be like last year. And they're opened up for and five goals worse. in 25 minutes. <laughs> so now they can go back. Almost like, it's almost like Pat Gilroy in 2010 when Meade put the five goals in Dublin. And he's able to say, right, we have to go away now. Now you have your answer for that front foot football all the time and the way you wanted to play. We can strip it back here. And I think that's what we'll see from Glenn Ryan now with their approach on Saturday evening.
2: A uh, big game in Ennis, Pat. And I know we spoke about Meath and Andy McEntee earlier on. So it's only fair just to give Cullum Collins and Claire their due credit and obviously the great Munster Football Championship. But uh, in fairness <laughs> to them, like they were under pressure going into it because it had been pretty well uh, documented and flagged in advance how poor Claire's record in, in particular had been against Meath. And like I watched this game. And I know they only won by a couple of points in the end. they missed the penalty through David Tuberley. They were a bit, they were a good bit better than what the scoreline suggested, though I would suggest on the day. But yeah, very fair.
1: The one thing about Colin Collins is that they're a very well-organized team. They're very well organized defensively. They have a very good defensive structure. Very, very good defensive structure. And they have some real cracking defenders, you know. Uh Innes suits them it's that tighter little pitch it's it's a hard place to come and crack and, and break them down in Innes. They were very good I thought in the first half uh they were only ahead by four points should have been ahead by a lot more. second half performance would worry me as I thought in the second half ah they were poor you know they they were poor their build up play was slow it was ponderous uh. You know, in the second half they, they got their first score their first score in the 19 minutes of the second half and they fell agreed they missed the penalty. they fell over the line against a very average media team I just think there's a sting in, in Roscommon really do uh, the lad, the Kerry lads and a few bits of information the Kerry lads like I said played Roscommon the week before they played the Munster final and Kerry beat Roscommon by a pint and it was, they found Roscommon a tough nut to crack uh, and just I think Roscommon will have been disappointed with their display in, in, in the Connacht final, I thought. Defensively, the aggression and the intensity wasn't there in defence. Their forward play, while the, all six forwards got on the score sheet in the first half, I thought their work rate in the forwards were poor, their movement in the forwards were poor, there was no link, good link-up play, there was no runners coming off the shoulders, a lot of it was one-off play. I, I just think Common are, are just one of those tricky, tricky banana skins, and... I think Ross will be should be clear by four or
3: five points. That's my opinion. I might be wrong. Uh, I always you... find it I always find it interesting when someone mentions Cusick Park as being a tight pitch. I... It's it's actually probably the confines are tight. It's actually the same size I know, I know, than I... Park because I know I know I remember played, and I can go back I've this played,
1: far. I played in, in Cusick Park. I've been at and there was
3: something about Cusick Park I always felt was a tight pitch. Don't yeah. ask me That it is, But well, it's it, the same dimensions past as I the I new don't. Crow Park. And in fact, when Gerlach Nan was training the Clare teams uh, back in the 90s, they used to bring in yeah. Cusick Park, the dimensions in to align with the old Crow Park. It was actually, the old Crow Park was smaller than it. But what impresses me all the time about Colin Collins is that every year there's a player or two brought through, just one or two that's brought through, and they always seem to knit. And this year was Manus. Man of the cornerback, yeah. was terrific here in the league. For and you probably saw him taking, blocking, or dispossessing Donald Kyogan as he ran through. He got a fantastic Lovely tackle yeah. and a hand in. And then he goes up at the end and he kicks the insurance point. Yeah, And only for Harry Hogan, the Mead goalkeeper, made two, possibly yeah. three great saves. I think Claire would have been convincing yeah. winners and it's just that ability to add a player or two every year it's a real template for aspiring teams as to how they can just identify and someone knits in and he's the player this year and they were missing uh, they were missing some key players Killeen Brennan and uh, Ruan Killeen Ruan were missing so uh, um, it's a real good show from them all around and uh, they're within striking distance Pete and Ruscommon before obviously in, uh-huh. 20, 20, uh, in 2016 six years ago in, in, a, in a, to reach uh, a quarter final. I I was disappointed with Ross Common, and I was at that game in in, in I thought, I thought the scoreline flattered them at the end, so they have a bit to catch up on here. Mm. uh
2: So we get to the big one of the weekend, Pat, which I'm sure you were glued to. uh Two o'clock throw in on Saturday, the uh, meeting at Cork and Love I was. Yeah, glued to it. i like, was. Uh, to, uh, Look, I mean, and and you it know, wasn't a good
0: game.
1: This let's was be honest. honestly. Uh, that's the nicest thing you could say about it. It wasn't a bad game. It, wasn't good. It, it, it was, to, to watch the entire 70 minutes, which I did, it, it, it was, it was punishment and, you know, it was cruelty to have to watch 70 minutes. Now, I get, I get Mickey Hart's argument. I get Mickey Hart's argument. He will say, look, uh, you cut the clock to suit your measure he's missing a lot of key players that's their game plan keep it tight and hope maybe I can get that I can get that I can also get the fact that maybe he, he'll argue that is it better to watch a close tight game than watch a turkey shoot debatable I would say that close tight game that car player game I wouldn't think by the time it came to 10 minutes ago there was no one watching it so they would have missed it. Now, my biggest argument is against... So, low. the minute the ball was thrown in, they just retreated en masse back behind the 45. When Cork went to place the ball for the kick-out, they were all, the entire team, were all back behind the 45. Now, I can get it. I, I buy it. I can get it. If you're playing against Dublin, if you're playing against Kerry, maybe if you're playing against Mayer, right. But, oh, hey, you're playing Cork. You're playing Cork. <laughs> right. You're playing Cork. No, you're playing a team... Who are in the same division as you next year, Division 2, right, so right, they can't be, they, according to your equal ability. This, you're, That's number one. The second thing is, you're playing Cork. This is a Cork team, you're playing a Cork team, who had 15 shots at goal against Kerry. 15 shots at goal. And you'll start to say, hey, if anyone's got that, stats, you said. Well, there isn't a the whole pile of attacking threat here. So I think they gave them too much... They gave them too much attention, too much latitude, too much respect. The only consolation is, Rory, on the 65th minute, I, I wrote it down, game of football broke out <laughs> because Cork yeah, yeah. got a goal up. and yeah. loud had, ab- had to abandon their defensive strategy. And, and for five or seven minutes, it is really a good bit of an old-fashioned tradition for Papa was. It was.
3: It was
2: hard. I don't don't know. Did you get to see any of this game, Colum? Did
3: you? I did. I did. I have to say, I thought Brian Hurley and Stephen Sherlock's ability to get snapshots off under pressure from distance made the difference. Before, as Pat says, a game did break out and it loosened up a bit. Look,
2: look. I know. Look, they're they're probably the most maligned inter-county team out there, and. Ask
3: you're right. can Some, I just say that? Sometimes
2: because... sometimes sometimes maybe don't necessarily help themselves as well. Now maybe. having said having said that. The one thing I will say is, and credit to John Cleary and Keith Ricken, who I know, the team does look a little bit better structured for, for the first time in a long time. They look to have sorted out the defense in, in a in a reasonable fashion. But
3: Rory, they're missing yeah. Sean Meehan and Kevin Flat Correct, they correct. They've done correct. so well and, on David but, Lifford in the last two yeah, years. And they,
2: but they've managed and they've managed to draft in Powder to a very effective role. I think they've found a half-decent look, thing back in, in John Cooper. Their biggest issue from what I can see is like and Pat mentioned it they're too easy to defend against because they have zero scoring threat from their half forward line well Rory and, and you're right uh,
1: and, and they are much maligned and, and uh, there was uh, Sean Kavanagh was particularly skating of them which I thought was a bit over the top but you have to admire this was a and what I like about this cock team their character there's good character there there's good attitude this was a cock team that needed to win their last two games to avoid relegation of Division III. This was a cock team that needed to go up to Tullamore to beat Offley, which they did. This was a cock team that against Kerry, they were going to be destroyed. And yet for 40, 46 minutes, there was a pint in it. And they showed great character, well-organised, and... They're well organized defensively. Yes, their big problem is up front. I mean, uh, when you uh, Colin alluded to, I mean Brian Hurley and Stephen Sherlock, very very impressive. None of the other four forward scored. I think. Uh, oh, sorry. O'Callaghan's goal was the was the first time a forward scored outside of the other two. So, attack wise, they're very very limited in mm. attack. But look, it looks like. I think it looks like. Uh, certainly, because I think they'll be in in, in the in the quarter final and like. Do you know, they're up against the Limerick team, and you talk about the two words confidence and momentum. Cork will bring in confidence and momentum with, with the victory last week. Limerick, after being at the receiving end of the second biggest hammering ever handed out in a muster football final, I think will find it very hard mentally and physically to pick themselves up. So Cork to the quarter final. Mm. Cork for the
2: double. In terms of it, in terms of the Talchin the then again, which was like, look, it's become a pretty big success story, Colum. And yeah. We saw some incredible games again last weekend, all teams, as we know, are playing at the same level. The only thing is, everybody kind of picked Cavan Westmead awfully and then whatever you have in yourself for the fourth team. Is it a little bit predictable or, look, is that just the nature of all sport?
3: Yes, well, it is. It is. I think I think Cavan and Westmead are the two best teams in it. They've, they've avoided each other now. I think it would make a decent final to the most. They, you know, they're the most likely to make a mark at the next level, and that's really, really what it's about to get a team to the next level. Obviously, Cavan have played in an All Ireland semi-final recently, and Westmead have contested Leinster finals, albeit against Dublin, which you know went badly for them. But still, they've beaten the next best in Leinster, so they are around that level. That's probably, probably around the bottom of Division Two. Both of them are. That's where they are, and that's that's what the Talchin Cup. Uh, aspires to do is to to prepare teams for the next level I think we've seen a lot of good games obviously, uh, what strikes me is the uh, engagement of most players and management in it, that they've yeah. embraced it they've gone after it and from what I can see, they've enjoyed it, I think with the uh, two games on now uh, on live TV and the prime Sunday afternoon slots next week it'll really lift it again and bring it into focus. So I think it's been a reasonably successful start for the touching cup all round. I think Leitrim beating Antrim, Carlo beating Tipperary, really helped it too. The fact is, you want the best teams. I know the fairy tales are there, but the, the bet that any championship is about identifying the best teams, and I think the best teams are now in the mix. To, uh, which, will hopefully,
2: which will hopefully help the profile of the competition as well. Too, and i and, and, and you, and you obviously have a vested interest in this, Pat. So I have, yeah. And I you?
1: watched like the some psycho Sligo game. I swear to God, that's uh, okay. It was, it was, it wouldn't be the top quality of it, but it was a cracking contest. It was an absolutely brilliant contest from start to finish, uh, and and decided and I say to myself again, I say it a hundred times, it is wrong, wrong, wrong. To, to throw a team out of a championship on a lottery which is which is which is what penalty take is all about just think I mean there was a, a big crowd in Carrick and Shannon last week lovely compact ground great atmosphere great colour great passion great football exciting what, what wouldn't wouldn't it be brilliant if this if there was a replay back in Markovic Park on Sunday with a big crowd what it would do for the profile of Gaelic games in both Leitrim and in Sligo it would be absolutely or brilliant else. it was
2: absolutely
3: Yes, Uh, When when the winner on the day came out initially a few years back there was a second period of extra time of five minutes each and it was dispensed with. Now maybe that was down to fatigue or the games were just too long. I mean most games are going to 80 minutes you have another 20 and another 10 would really leave players but is it a better solution maybe than penalties if players and management and supporters and you know pat clearly disagrees with the the use of penalties yes that extra the installing that extra five minutes aside and an extra period of uh, extra time again possibly so it It would obviously be be a huge test but you'd have to increase the number of subs and consequently increase the numbers on squads as well to accommodate that there would have to be accommodations around that
2: and it'd make things very interesting for broadcasters carrying it anyway but sure look that, that that's another day's story um so just a quick look in terms of the draw, and as, as we mentioned earlier on, you know, there is a notion out there Cork are very lucky. Uh maybe Armaha a little bit unlucky. But again, look, that's the nature of a draw, I suppose. And um, should there should be there should, it should still be a good weekend's football coming up this weekend, Pat? I, I
1: think
2: it will. I think it will. I I I, I think it will. Uh I, I I'm
1: going to put my head on the block. Uh, I might be wrong, I might be right. Uh I think, like I said, Roscommon to beat Clare. I think Mayo. Mayo Kildare, I think, is the hardest one to call. I really think Kildare. I like their athleticism, their physicality. If they tighten up that mm defence, they're in with a shout, but probably a nod to Mayo. Uh, Cork to beat Limerick. And I just think momentum and and conferences with Amma, and even though Donegal have beaten them twice already, albeit in Donegal's side, I think uh, Ama. but I could be
2: wrong. And, and uh, column, I know people will mention before that maybe the draw should have been seeded in some way to try and avoid this situation. What do you think?
3: Oh, I think uh, an open draw, an open draw makes it more just more interesting. It's less. Like you, could avoided, you, remember, you
2: could have avoided. Like they you Remember they, they, the they, allowed, they, they also allowed repeat pairings. Like maybe should. Yeah. Be? Well, maybe
3: the repeat pairings. Maybe the repeat pairings could be could be revisited. Yeah. But if you remember the A and B. Uh, strands to the qualifier draws before they were very preordained you could nearly map out what it was that little bit of suspense on a Sunday night Monday morning that everybody's waiting for the draw you nearly knew who you were going to get I just think this is better but I would take on board repeat pairings uh, are um, they're not permitted in the next round obviously provincial final repeat pairings can't happen and where they can be avoided for previous repeat pairings in the quarterfinals so why not this round as well maybe that's something to look at
2: Yeah, Good weekend sport coming up anyway and really looking forward to it football all the way mostly I think there obviously is two hurling qualifiers or prelim quarterfinals happening on okay. saturday and uh we have uh, we're going to be live on sunday from clonus there will be wall-to-wall coverage across radio and tv as we know and the highlights show sunday night again so it's going to be a really busy weekend really looking forward to it thanks to pat thanks to derek mcguire you're on thanks to colin keys that's well done thanks a million and sure look well, let's see what happens this weekend I may the best teams win and hopefully another win for Cork, isn't that right pat you love that <laughs>
1: Half-double, Rory. Half yeah,
2: play. the double is on, Cheers, guys. All the best. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, Pat. Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Double
0: it, lead by us. And oh, there's the whistle. It's over.
1: It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What
0: I love in Hurlán, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar.